0: Greetings, my name is Walford Kaufman, I'm the pastor of Southside Baptist Church in Gaffney, South Carolina, and welcome to our online sermon. I would say worship, but uh, many think of worship being the singing and all, and you don't want me to be singing, but this is a sermon that I'm going to be preaching at our church on Sunday morning, June the 27th, 2021. So I don't know when you might be watching this or listening to this on a podcast, but welcome, glad that you're joining this time, and we're working through a series of sermons called The Foundation. And so if, if you would, go ahead and get your Bible ready. And we're looking at John the 14th chapter, verses 15 through 18. John 14, 15 through 18. Uh, let's begin in prayer. Father, God us through your precious word. And Lord, I just thank you that whether it's this Thursday that I am preaching this sermon and putting it before a camera or whenever the person is going to be listening to this or watching this, that your Holy Spirit just work in our hearts and our lives, that we be obedient to you and we serve you and we tell others about you. Thank you for what you're going to do to this moment, this time, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, we've uh, been working on this foundation for a couple weeks. We started with humility, Jesus washing the feet of the disciples, and then the, uh, what that, we are known for, our brand, and then last week we looked about not worrying. What do we mean not worrying? Well, trusting Jesus, for He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life, Right? The way, the truth, and the life. And so we're to build on this foundation to be a follower of Christ. But this foundation is not to make you be a better church goer. We have too many church goers as it is now. Those that go to church on Sunday, but there just seems not to be any difference in our life. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. This is a foundation that we need for seven days a week, 24-7. Yes, that we know what we do and how to do it and when to do it every minute of our life, glorifying our Heavenly Father, glorifying, glorifying the name of Jesus Christ. So how can all this come about? It's very simple. Verse 15 tells us how to start. If you love Jesus... That's it. If you love Jesus, this is where it begins. It starts with loving Christ, and let us see where it goes from there. So, if you got your Bible ready, I'm reading from the NIV. I welcome you to try any translation. Just main thing, get into the Word of God. And there we see in that scripture, John 14, verse 15, starting If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father. And he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be with you, be in you. I better say it right, will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. I added an extra little verse in there for you. Verse 19. We're going to get to see Jesus again. But what is Jesus telling us to do here? Jesus simply tells us two things. Love Him and keep His commands. That's it. Love Him, keep His commands. If we would just do that. So if that's what Jesus said he would do. Now, uh, I want you to think about it. Now, do you believe Jesus will do what he says he will do? For see, he goes on to say, you know, keep my commands, but this is what I'm going to do for you. Do you trust Jesus? That's probably where it all comes down to. Do you trust Jesus today? And so as we look at this, what will he do? First time we see... He will ask his father. He will ask his father. And what's going to do? I mean, how special that is, I will ask the Father, and what will God do? It's very simple. He will give you another advocate, another advocate. Let's be reminded of what an advocate does. What do, what do you need in an advocate? Somebody that's there for you? Well, you see, they're your champion. They are cheering you on constantly. They're also, there, your supporter. When you need help, when you need extra hands, there you have your advocate. And we also see a beautiful thing about advocate. They have your back. Has your back. We all need somebody that when we're going through some troublesome times, difficult times, that we know there's somebody we can always count on. And that's what's going on here, that, uh, that God will send us another advocate. Jesus was our advocate, and now we have another one. So what will our advocate do? Help us and be with you forever. That's what it says it would do. We'll help you and be with you forever. But it also says in the scripture here that the world the world cannot accept him. Why? Why can't the world accept Him? Well, they neither see Him or know Him. Neither see Him or know Him. A Holy Spirit, the, the, that invisible power, but with all the power that He has. I mean, because God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All so special for us. So, who is this advocate? The Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit. But the world will not be able to see Him, will not accept Him. But you can. But you can. And I pray that you can. Now you say, well, oh, I, don't, I, I can't. Well, that might be true if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The advocate is not going to come and help you unless first you have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I pray that you do. If, but if you do... The scripture says there what he would do, uh, that he will live in you. How wonderful that he will live in you and will be with you. And Jesus continues. He says he will not leave you as an orphan. Not only will he not leave you as an orphan, he will come again for you. And so one day. I know preachers, we always talk about, uh, you know, that Jesus returning in the skies and coming back on that great white horse and all this stuff. But sometimes we have lost hope, haven't we? But Lord, teach us now. Lead us now. And folks, let me challenge you. Keep looking for Jesus. He said He will not, what did it say? He will not leave you as an orphan and He will come for you how precious that is pretty good isn't it pretty good and most of it is right is the holy spirit part that might concern you so today think about it is it the holy spirit that is scaring you i mean you like that idea i've got an advocate for me uh, jesus is not going to leave me as an orphan but i'm not very comfortable with this holy spirit and so You know, so many times with the Holy Spirit, we think of that fire and flames. We think, I'll go ahead, I'm going to be honest with you. We think of people jumping pews. We think of people, all of a sudden, strange words coming out of their mouths and all this stuff. And we don't understand. I want to ask you something. Have you listened to teenagers lately? Why are you scared of, I don't understand. I want you to think about, do you understand everything teenagers say? Why do we be scared of that? We're going to have to look now at the blessings of the Holy Spirit and how beneficial it is to have the Holy Spirit not only in us, but controlling us. See, I believe this, and I think if you check out the Scriptures pretty good, that we invited Jesus to come into our heart. The Holy Spirit came. We don't have to worry about a second blessing. We don't have to worry about working our way up that spiritual ladder to the point that, oh, now I get the Holy Spirit. You got the Holy Spirit when you invited Jesus into your heart. And so what are the blessings? What's this foundation that we need in, in to walk with Christ daily and be empowered by the Holy Spirit? So what is so great about this Holy Spirit? Let's look at this. The first thing is, the Holy Spirit renews us. One way you look at it, the Holy Spirit regenerates us, takes us. I mean, mere, mere humans. I mean, rejects. The world doesn't want us. The, the world doesn't care about us. But the God loves us so much that He sent His Son and also gave us His Holy Spirit to renew us. Titus 3, verses 5 through 6. Titus 3, 5 through 6. He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. Do you see all this going on? God's mercy And then Jesus Christ our Savior and now being renewed. Folks, that's why we can get up from our failures. That's why we can get up from our problems. We can get up from our setbacks and we can be renewed and we can be renewed daily. And I'm not saying renewed at 8, fail at 9 and have to wait to the next day. The Lord is there at 901 to renew us. Through the Holy Spirit. And then we see that the Holy Spirit indwells us. Indwells us. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says this, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and God's Spirit dwells in your midst? Dwells in you. How important that is. That, that is there. Dwell, I think of the, the relative that comes in that never leaves. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm talking about in a good way. You know, uh, have you got teenagers in your house? Uh, they may change clothes there. They may pick up a sandwich every once in a while there. But truly, is uh, they just coming and going? The Holy Spirit, when it comes, it comes in and dwells in your midst. It is there, folks. It is there to be there forever. Or we may deny it. We may try to put uh, put it in a closet and lock the door. But it is there for us. Yes, think about indwelling, never leaving us. And then we see the Holy Spirit seals us in Christ. Seals us in Christ. Uh, Ephesians 1 verse 13 says this, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promise Holy Spirit. Now, the first thing I think about is seal, is uh, all these products out there today that's supposed to seal up. You know, there's a leak in your boat. You can put this product on it and take that boat and go across the largest lake there is. It's all taken care of. But this is not that kind of seal. This is that kind of seal they used to use with a king. You know, when a king, instead of a signature on a document, he would take his ring and put it in that hot wax. And that, that emblem there meant that document was official. That meant nobody was to open that document unless under the authority of the king. And so we see how wonderful that scripture is for us. It talks about when you believe you are marked in Him with a seal. See, when we have the blessed Holy Spirit, when we have the blessed Holy Spirit that seals us in Christ, that is that promise, that promised Holy Spirit. And so we are official. We can't be messed with because we have that by the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then we see the Holy Spirit guarantees your inheritance, and guarantees your inheritance. I think everybody likes that idea of inheritance, don't you? We love that idea of inheritance. Uh, but what it says there in Ephesians one verse fourteen is, "Who is a deposit, a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance, until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of His glory." See Ephesians 1.13, I just talked about sealing us, but now we have this guarantee of inheritance. It's that down payment, that earnest money, as they would say. But we'll never lose that earnest money. We'll always have that, how blessed that is. And so Holy Spirit guarantees our inheritance. I know many of us have thought about, whoa, what my parents going to leave me, what my grandparents going to leave me. But see, we, we, we live so long and they live so long. That's like I knew of a, a gentleman one time. There was a couple in the church that promised him, promised him that uh, when they passed away, they had no children, no grandchildren, nobody to leave things to. So they promised this man in the church that when they passed away, they were going to leave him his Cadillac. Well, boy, that was a great inheritance when he heard about it. But when he actually received it, it wasn't the best Cadillac could be because they lived many, many years afterwards. In other words, the tires were gone. Windshield was cracked. Uh, the motor was about blown. The transmission needed working on. I mean, the oh, they got inherited. He got an inheritance, but not much. Not much of one. And so how the Holy Spirit is a, a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance into the redemption of those who are God's possession. And I love that, to the praise of His glory. And so it's going to be, when the Holy Spirit comes and gives us that guarantee, when we do receive our inheritance, it's all the better. How sweet it will be. And then we see the Holy Spirit fills us. Fills us. The other day I was at a gas station and this gas station must be having some trouble because they're they're closed a lot, got the tanks blocked off and all this. But I went to put gas in my car and uh, it went about a half a gallon, click. I pressed again, went about another half a gallon, click. I had to be there for the longest time just to get enough gas to go somewhere else. I could never get my tank full. It kept clicking. Something was wrong. Maybe the tanks underground was about empty. I don't know. But it was so aggravating, I could not get filled. But I want you to know this. With the Holy Spirit, we are filled. It fills us. Acts 4 verse 31 says this. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now see, some of you are thinking he's going to pull that scripture out where they started speaking in tongues and all these folks and all this. That scripture there, they were filled and they spoke boldly about God. You can have that same power. There was not a Holy Spirit just for the disciples. There's not a Holy Spirit just for the preachers. There's not a Holy Spirit just for those deacons and faithful church folks. Holy Spirit is one. Same Holy Spirit that came upon those disciples is the same Holy Spirit that can come upon you. And what it says, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So let's lay it out on the table. Let's lay it out on this buffet table. we got this buffet table right here. Okay, let's look at this. The Holy Spirit. we got one plate over here, it renews you. we got another plate over here, it indwells you. Another plate that seals you. We got another plate over here that guarantees you your inheritance. Another one it fills you. Now I want you to know. Uh, well, let me ask this question before I ask this question, that other question. So, how many wants just to be renewed? Hmm. How many of you want to be just the dwelling of the Holy Spirit? That's not how it goes. It doesn't go that way at all. We can't pick and choose. The Holy Spirit is there for a purpose. It all starts with loving Jesus with all of our being. I started to say with all of our heart, but it should be all of our mind, our thoughts, our speech. It starts with Jesus. And then it says, when you keep His commands... See, you get the whole package. You get the whole package. I mean, when's the last time you went into the restaurant? There's a combo up there. You know, you get a drink, and you get a side item, and you get the main dish. How many of you say, No, 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 I, I don't want the side dish. I, I don't want the drink. You want the whole deal, don't you? I know there's some of you that's weird, but most of us want the whole deal. Maybe today. You love Jesus just enough. Just enough. we got a just enough congregations today. we got just enough church folks today to love Him just enough to get to heaven. Just enough to get to, him, get to heaven. But there's something about this idea of keeping His commands. Of keeping His commands. That's where the problem is. See, that's another subject. See, this Holy Spirit thing bothers me. I I made a decision. I want Jesus in my heart so I can get to heaven. But between that decision and getting to heaven, we said, leave me alone. Leave me alone. See, am I losing control if I turn it over to the Holy Spirit? Yes, you are. You're supposed to. Do you love Jesus with all your heart? then why are you fighting the work of the Holy Spirit? Why are you fighting the work of the Holy Spirit? You're fighting the very one that Jesus said He would send to you or ask His Father to send to you. I mean, He says there, and I will ask the Father. This is Jesus who on your account asked the Father to send another advocate to help you and to be with you. That's what Jesus loved. Jesus died on the cross. He loved you. But Jesus also said, I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit to be with you. And never, never leave you. I mean, you're fighting the one the Heavenly Father sent. See, the Heavenly Father loved you so much that He sent His only begotten Son. Wow. That same Father who loved you that much and Jesus that loved you so much that went to the cross also sent you the Holy Spirit. Then why do you fight it? Why do you not trust Him? Are you going to get to heaven one day and say, well, Father, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus. Boy, that was the greatest gift of all. But that Holy Spirit, that kind of bothered me a little bit. I don't think so. I don't think you're going to get to heaven and say, I love Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, I, I could take it or leave it. You better take it. So today, I want you to think about your life. The night, you might be watching this, listening to this at a nighttime, maybe in the early morning hours. Why do you fight the guidance of the Holy Spirit? You say, well, I, I, I haven't thought the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I don't know when the Holy Spirit's been around. What about that conscience? You know that conscience? What about those thoughts that go through your mind where God is directing you? See, that's the Holy Spirit. When He said He indwells you, He is looking at every part of your life and saying, child, don't do this. But see, I think a lot of us, it's not when the Holy Spirit tells us not to do things. Oh, I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem. I'm not going to do those kind of things. But it's when the Holy Spirit says, this is what I want you to do. Man, I can't do that. What about if the Holy Spirit's leading you to be a Sunday school teacher? What about if the Holy Spirit's leading you to go to work down at the, uh, a food pantry or soup kitchen? What about if the Holy Spirit is telling you at the workplace, on that assembly line, This is what you need to share with that person. Wow. Mm. That's where we have our problem. That's called obedience. See, our Father loves us. Jesus died for us. And the Holy Spirit is only continuing the work of God. Stop fighting. Start trusting. If you would, bow your heads. If you're driving in a car, don't close your eyes. But I want you to think right now. I want you to think how the Holy Spirit is convicting you right now. What is the Holy Spirit convicting you of? What is the Holy Spirit calling you to do? How is the Holy Spirit comforting you? See, Holy Spirit is there if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you don't know Jesus Lord and Savior, this is the day. Confess your sin and invite Jesus into your heart. But if you know Jesus as your personal Savior, will you be obedient today? Will you tell Father in heaven, thank you? Will you tell Jesus, thank you? And will you now tell the Holy Spirit, thank you for loving me? Father, Thank you for your love. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. And Holy Spirit, thank you for not leaving us alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I challenge you. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Talk to the Holy Spirit. But most of all, obey the Holy Spirit. If you made a decision to trust Christ today, a recommitment of your life, please let me know. My cell phone number is 864-812-0073. And you can text me or you can email me at pastor at gaffneysouthside.com. But Lord bless you. And let's don't run from the Holy Spirit. That's that foundation that we need to walk in Christ every day. May the Lord bless you.